1: everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good day to you. It is Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kowak, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable knowing one's own, Van Helsing. And with me, of course, is that amazing gold standard in ghost hunting, Mr. Steve Parson.
0: Yay! You're back after being chased by the paparazzi in a near... Catastrophic car.
1: Yeah, that didn't even. They even have a police write
0: up on that. That's how non incident that was. Well, we were all worried last week. You know, Anne and I had to step in at the last minute because you were suddenly in this, you know, dire situation with the paparazzi.
1: Yeah, that
0: was it. That was yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Let you back.
1: Anyways, I was really, really excited because I thought I had a flat earther for us, but. Oh.
0: Alas, alas! Where are these flat earthers? We hear so much about
1: If you if you do the poll, come out, think, come
0: out wherever you are. I
1: forget what the latest poll is, but there's you know a large number of people that are flat earthers, but uh, done. Uh, I they don't seem to want to speak up. Oh, I've got lots of questions. Me too. I, I want to know. I want to know. I want to ex- understand. But no, nobody wants to explain it to me damn yeah damn. so this guy had contacted me and told me that uh he yeah he one. was an expert on flat earth and yada 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 and and i said oh this is great i said yeah and so he said well let me tell you this i'm not a flat earth i said huh. all right goodbye
0: <laughs> don't need that <laughs> there we go we we keep trying mm. hey if you're a flat earther we want you on the show we Home. want you. Yeah, we want you as a, as the village people said. We uh, want you, the questions. We want you. We want you Lots as a questions. new recruit. That's it. Yeah, come and tell us why the earth is flat. Yes, I wanna know. I wanna know. Yeah. yeah. Quite we want you on the
1: show. We do. And we 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 will be, you know, most respect Breaking
0: News. Charles Arthur. No, a new series of Downton Abbey coming. I know, I already posted it, thanks to you. Uh, Yeah, I thought you'd like that. As soon mm -hmm. as I saw it, I thought, I know who will like that. Mm. And now now I have the and her
1: husband hooked on it as well, so
0: there you go. There you go, you see? And more breaking news. Yes. Yeah, uh, announced today. Yes. A new new paranormal radio podcast coming. Another one. Yeah, another one. This one's coming out of Savannah, Georgia. Can you guess? Oh, oh. The Witch and the Parapsychologist. That's the one. UK-based real parapsychologist, Professor Dylan Jones, uh, airing in July. So exciting. Yeah. I wonder if they'll have a teller of curious tales. Oh, oh, I <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, gosh, yes.
1: <laughs>
0: That's one to watch, listen to. Yep,
1: yeah, yep. Yeah. So we're be excited if I know who their inaugural guest is going to be. I'm sure it'll be someone rich and famous. Or
0: one of us. <laughs> Any. <laughs> <Eddie. laughs> We'll just have to watch this space, or mm. actually, it's a podcast, so it's a case of listen to this space.
1: Just stick your ear here. Yeah. Anyway,
0: uh, I mean, it's it's the podcast, you know. After the Sussexes, there you go. Makes spits paranormal. right in, don't it? Yeah, we're, we're corrupted, are you, The new paranormal couple.
1: So I, uh, I yeah.
0: love li- library book sales. I don't know, if, do you have those in the UK? Oh okay. well, actually. Uh, not not as a sort of special event, but most of our libraries do sell off their old stock. They have a sort of permanent sale oh, okay. of old stock. Yeah. Yeah, we, so, we have a small book
1: nook where they put some stuff in, which is, you know, just relatively different. Yeah. Actually, time. the
0: librarian down here in our local libraries, they, they're they kind of helpful because if you tell them the sort of book that they, you know, can you put to one side for me? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've had some good, but very good books. Um, yeah, me too. I know, mm, very good. ones.
1: But anyways, there was one there, and it was disappointing, actually. Uh, Technology. They, they charged you five dollars to go in, which was what? Uh, yeah, I know, I know. Was, You're doing it, them a favour. And there was
0: less number of books there, too oh. so, oh, I was disappointed. But anyways, so this I, is what the world's coming to, you know? I know stuff that used to be, you know. Hey, help us out here. In fact, we were in a charity shop the other day, and um, we discovered that there was a lot of University of Wales Library academic books. Um, some of them oh. were well worth having, but they donated the whole lot to charity shops. Oh. And, of course, you know, they added their premium. I don't mind it's for charity, but, yeah. you know, it shows the way it's going. Mm. And have you noticed charity shops' prices have gone up? Oh, God, Yes. A lot. And I keep donating, but they keep going No, I mean, bad. a lot. A, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of them now are, are you know, like new prices, like boutique-type price, prices. In fact, one of our local charity shops now has a section of what they call old books. And that's oh. the definition. They are old books. You know, the sort of books from the 40s and 50s and 30s. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the 26th edition of the 33rd printing of some well-known children's book at Mm. a stupid price, because it's Mm. an old book. Mm. They've got no idea. Uh, Because, I mean, the stuff was given to them to raise money for charity. I understand that. But their stock they got for free. mm -hmm. And it used to be a case of you would go into the charity shop and they would have donated goods and you would... Pay a few, you know, a few quid for something, mm-hmm. you'd be happy. They'd make money because it cost them nothing. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, and, and they sell so much new stuff now. A lot of the charity shops over here have got like whole ranges of new products. Yeah, they do too here. Yeah, you know, it's like that's not the way it should be. No, it's a, it's a shame. I'm kind of spoilt it, guys. I. You know, I
1: yeah, I, I I don't know. It's it has gone that way, but anyway. But anyways, I did pick up uh, singing. Yeah. I want to what get to it, get? but but before I I get to that, um,
0: Oof, more suspense.
1: Yeah, I I uh, and I did a show uh, a, a little while. Yeah, ago. we did
0: last week. Ann and I did a show.
1: I said, oh. and uh, <laughs> we had a we had a woman from the Mermaid Museum up in Oregon. And, All right. Uh, yeah, and she also owns some other place and. The young lady sent in and I a uh, each a bottle of merle Melot wine.
0: That's nice. Very nice. Very nice. Like that. Did that so, affect the way the show went? Because obviously, like you were bright, the guest was bright. No, we got home. that
1: afterwards. We got after the show was over. That's that's right. how good I am without you. I'm just saying,
0: you know. Okay. Well, <laughs> you, you can, send well, me feel wine. free to. You know, we've got, what, 50 minutes left? Keep going. I'll just sit quietly and watch <laughs> the television. I, you, I, okay. <laughs> you don't. Need me. You don't need
1: Anyways, me. I, I picked up this book at the library. I only would picked have been up a quiet one. show last week without me. I, I did a very quiet show without you.
0: <laughs> Anne would have been there. She would have been fine. She's very good. She's a very good co-host. Anyway. Laughed uh, at all my jokes. Yeah,
1: well, she's like that. She laughs at everything. So I picked up two books. One was on the greatest uh, military leaders in history, and the other one was called "Unexplained Mysteries of the 20th Century." And I like this one. This is kind of neat because it's 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 more in the the realm of what we talk about. And there's a whole section on on uh, the other round light, as we I like to call it, uh, which is not the orb. Uh, it's all the other ones that, that have come on there. And I still find them quite fa- fascinating. So first, before we get into it, because there's a variety of them, ton of them. And have you ever experienced any of these light anomalies
0: on your own? Possibly once. No, maybe twice. I'm not talking
1: UFOs, by the way. I'm talking... Oh,
0: in know. that case, once. Okay.
1: And you want to tell me this about it, or are you just going to throw go it Well, up it? we
0: were we were we were in a castle called Hale's Castle, um, okay. which is about fifteen miles from Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. And this was oh twenty years ago. And uh, it's fully open to the public. This is this is because we've got you know we're not short of castles here in the UK. Oh hell no. And a lot of the castles, the the more ruinous ones, the not so well known are open 24 hours a day. You know, they're oh. just, you know, you can just open a gate and walk in. Really? Oh, yeah. So uh, oh Hale, Hale's Castle, which is located, as I said, a few miles from Edinburgh, mm-hmm. is one of these smaller castles, but does have a ghost story that, that's that been written about, you know, for, uh, you know, it's appeared in, in a number of ghost books. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, the castle is quite ruinous, but a lot of the foundation um, and sort of lower structures are still intact, including the kitchens and the bread oven.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Um, And we were in this undercroft, this underground area of the castle, this this sort of basement layer, if you like. Mm. And now we are below ground, but the, the structure is, you know, not complete. So there are you know a number of holes in the walls
1: mm-hmm.
0: um but it you know but we're in the countryside we're off the beaten track um the nearest road is a, probably a half mile half a mile away running parallel oh, to so and there's then you know between us and the road there was uh, a river um it was quite a, it was quite a hike to get to get to the castle mm-hmm. And we were all situated in this underground uh undercroft it's called with the near the bread oven and this apparently is where the ghost is seen and whilst we were there we had some we had some of our equipment we had cameras with us mm-hmm. and for a few brief seconds, the whole area of the undercroft illuminated with a cold do you know the sort of blue glow that you get from an electroluminescent panel?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah? The whole of the Undercroft lit up with this sort of weird Ooh. blue glow. Mm. Um, just like somebody switched on one of these electroluminescent panels. But, of course, we didn't have anything like that. It was none of our equipment had that sort of lighting on it. But it didn't come from... A particular area it came from the whole uh space we were in. it was absolutely flat, uniform, you know all of the walls, floor ceiling seemed to glow with this weird flat blue light that is intriguing, Steve i I've now never heard of at that at before. first uh, you know when it first started, we thought oh, there must be a car or somebody right, nearby right. with a flashlight or or something causing it but then after three or four seconds it faded away and it left us completely perplexed you know there were cars going along the road and we saw several other cars but none of those cars lights shone into where we were because the road was parallel to the castle um so there was no direct uh, you know there was no trackway for a vehicle to come up that could have shone its lights on us we didn't see any evidence of people you know um gamekeepers or, or poachers, you know, using lights. lights. Um, and even had that been the case, we tried with our own flashlights to try and make it, you know, send people outside and shine lights at so, the gaps in the wall.
1: You're, you're talking the area. Give me a, can you give me a guesstimate of the area? I mean, how, you know. How big so is so it? Yeah, visually I could spit my probably mind. About,
0: probably about 20 feet long, about eight feet high by about 10 feet wide. That's a good solid stone floor, solid stone walls, solid stone ceiling. But when I say solid, I mean, you're talking several feet thick, mm-hmm. um, but there were gaps where the wall right. had been broken, but these gaps were you know, big enough to walk through, uh, but they were located on the wrong side for it to have been the road. And the, the pathway, you had to sort of walk down to the castle and then walk around the castle to get into this area, this undercroft area. So there was no immediately obvious way of shining a light from the outside. Well, to, uh, you,
1: you could probably pick that up anyways, wouldn't it
0: be like more of a beam beam?
1: It was like a great, great elimination is what I'm picturing. It, now, you it
0: know, would have been. Yeah, it would have been, you know, a direct light would have shone in and cast shadows and would have had a beam and. Right. Uh, and we would quickly have you know, been able to say ascertain where it was coming from. But what actually happened was it was it was like the room, the walls themselves and the floor and the ceiling all began to glow. Wow, that is intriguing. rather like the 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 dial of a radium clock would be a good description of it. Do you remember the radium dials yeah, on the back, yeah, back, yeah. back Oh, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was like that would be the best description of it. It was like for a brief moment um the walls were lit up you know luminescently rather than um by you know by an, uh,
1: by you know uh Other a normal wish, light
0: you could see no source of the light you right. just could i mean see it was it was it was uniform from all sides, from floor ceiling walls, mm. and it was bright enough for at its peak, which lasted probably a second, second and a half, for us to see one another's faces. you know it was too quick to say, "Oh, you could read by it, but we could certainly see each other, and mm-hmm. prior to that, of course, we're underground. There, isn't, yeah. there is no street lighting, there is no stars, there is nothing under, you know. So we were, when the torches were off, we were effectively in a coal mine. We were blind. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'd been in a coal mine on other investigations. So we know, you know, this was utterly dark, except for perhaps, you know, a a very brief few seconds when we could see one another. But the glow seemed to be coming from the walls, the floor, and the ceiling, hmm. and then it disappeared. It just faded away. and Never happened again.
1: Now, were you able to capture any of that on on
0: camera or, or anything? Sadly, not, because the cameras were operating yeah. with their infrared mode. Um, yeah, which makes sense. Yeah, you know, we were so they 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 weren't. We didn't have the infrared lights on. Uh, At that time, but the cameras were switched into their infrared mode. And when we played back the footage, they captured nothing of it at all because this was a blue light, Um, a blue glow. You know, Mm. we hoped that they would have picked up something, but uh, and they weren't pointing at us you know, they were pointing towards the bread oven, which is the apparent source of, you know, where the, where the apparition right. appears in the area of the bread oven. So we were way behind the cameras anyway. Um, but just for a few seconds, as I say, we, we could see one another. Mm-hmm. Any and other instruments
1: pick up anything
0: at all? Nothing, nothing. Um, nothing. That unusual. is so strange. It's just, you know, for a few brief seconds, um, we sort of realized that it was we could see one another and then it faded away again mm-hmm.
1: So when did you finally uh, write that up in, in your report?
0: Uh, just as I described it uh, because you know we, we only had you know it was a single night, It was a single night visit. it was an opportunistic opportunist visit. We were staying in Edinburgh at the time. Mm-hmm. We were aware of Hales Castle we had a spare few hours we decided we would take a drive out and we would you know see what happened see what transpired mm-hmm. because there is a ghost story um now what's interesting is that a lot of scottish ghost stories if you if you look through you know if you look at the scottish ghost stories they are of radiant blue or white women Hmm. Uh, but there's a predominance of blue ladies in Scotland, and they're described as radiant blue, glowing blue apparitions. Interesting. Perhaps, you know, perhaps one of them radiated this blue light. I don't know. Yeah. But it, yeah. it was baffling. and But there was no, unfortunately, because we were due to, you know, we had other, other uh activities booked yeah you know, there was no opportunity to make it it, it was entirely spare at the moment oh uh, when i think yeah you know, that's it's like what are we going to do for the next uh, this evening oh i know let's take a drive out to Hales castle
1: hmm. what about i mean do you think i mean you talked about it seems like scotland they have a lot of blue ladies so i wonder if there's anything to do with geomagnetic forces that well, when affect we speculated the colour of some of these apparitions? No, not so much that light, but that affect the colour of some of these apparitions that people see, you know,
0: blue versus white versus whatever. Well, I mean, it was one of the things that we did speculate upon, you know, mm-hmm. on, on the drive back was, um, you know, was it some sort of piezoelectric phenomena? Mm-hmm. And given that a lot of the Scottish sort of geology... um Is granite based, Mm -hmm. um, you know, which is heavy. You know, it has contains a high proportion of quartz and um, also, funnily enough, radioactive elements within granite. You know, a lot of granite kitchen tops um, are are radioactive if you measure them with a Geiger counter. Must be slight, but yeah, it is. It's 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 measurably slight, but it's measurable. Um, oh, like radioactivity, like
1: everything dissipates. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. But you know, there are there are people who collect radioactive rocks and mm-hmm. they often are found in and around the sort of scrap pile of kitchen worktop installers. Um, because they collect the granite. Granite is one of the more radioactive rocks. And in fact, where we live in West Wales, we are in a high radon gas area because our landscape is you know, there's there's granite in the landscape, and that gives off radon because of it's the radioactive um, decay. So, what, that was one of the things that we speculated upon, but it was just speculation, right? And you know, Scotland does have this preponderance of blue ladies and blue boys. That's maybe
1: has something to do with the. the it may have something
0: to do with the geology or the geography of the landscape.
1: Are even a magnetic force? Are magnetic forces in the area too?
0: Um, well, I, I, you know, we we didn't measure the geomagnet geomagnetism. No, I know that, but I'm just um, I'm
1: speculating on it, Scotland in general, well, not, not necessarily that particular instance.
0: Well, actually, actually, you would see, you would expect to see a preponderance of similarity between Scotland and Canada, um, because they are, in effect, the same rock. Uh, because when Pangaea was was formed and splitting apart, um, the you have exactly uh, you know identical rock uh, strata in Scotland as you do in Canada, and parts of New England. New no, England has a, yep. yeah, has a lot of granite. has a lot of granite. You know, Maine and Scotland have the same rock strata. And up into Canada. Because, because we get the water, down. I grant it, from the, the Ice Age where the, yeah. the rocks are um, pushed well, down. You, I mean, eons before even the Ice Age, parts of New England, Canada, and Scotland were one and the same chunk Can't of land. land. Yeah. Um, so, you know, geologists have known about that for a long time that, you know, some of the oldest rocks on the planet are in, New, in the, the north of New England, Canada, and Scotland. And they date back to, you know, the period of Pangaea, this supercontinent which broke um, when it it tore itself apart it formed the Atlantic Ocean. Mm. So, I I don't know. I mean, it was it was just something for us to speculate upon. Um, But it was a very interesting experience. And it was, you know, all of us that were there, there was about seven of us there, seven or eight of us there, and we all experienced it. And nobody commented upon it until it finished you know after a few seconds we all went what was that what the what, hell was that what the hell was that and uh well, we said it with a scottish accent so it's kind of what the hell was that oh well, there you go <laughs> and um and then we you know sort of well what what did you experience what did you see and we realized we'd all seen pretty much the same thing well we all any, described any know,
1: sensations know. at all no, right. nothing nothing no. no.
0: There was nothing else um, before or after it. You know, we'd seen a fox. I think that was probably the most interesting up to that point. And then we sort of spent probably a half hour um, messing about with flashlights, trying to recreate it. Oh yeah. Uh, and taking notice of cars driving, you know, along the highway um, that ran about a half a mile away. Mm-hmm. And then we we shuffled back to the car. Um, you know, crossed the river, back to the car park, got in the car, drove back to Edinburgh, went to bed. There you go. Yeah, Oops. but that—that's the paranormal for you. You know, it—you it, spend a long time looking for things, and it catches you unawares when you're least expecting it. That's what I always say,
1: and you know, I, I speculate that I've seen three apparitions and all the times that I seen it wasn't what I was looking for. They just occurred a natural, natural, uh,
0: exactly. Activity. Um, You know, I've, I've never been in a position of being in a haunted house, looking for ghosts when a ghost has appeared. Yeah. It's always been when you're, you know, doing something else, when you're setting up, packing up, uh, visiting, you. you know, and weird stuff happens when you least expect it. But then that, that, Kind of makes it more real for me, you know. When you see it on television, when they're all sitting there going, "Dude, what was that?" Mm-hmm. It never happens like that, does it? Never happens it like it. that. More likely to happen when you go into the bathroom.
1: Yeah, it's true. Uh, it's 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 intriguing. We're coming up to the break, so um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I I, 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 I think it's the that. first I heard of that uh, experience you had, Steve, and I I really intrigued by it. I've got to do some research and see if I can find out. Yeah, the castle,
0: if anybody wants to look it up, it's Hales Castle. H-A-I-L-E-S
1: Castle. Okay, so we got to take a break. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Parsons and Ron Kolick right here on Toad Nut Radio. And we are brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 286 Merrimack Street, Lithuan, Massachusetts and the Glant Messier Family Log Group, 15 High Street, not the end of Massachusetts, and our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. Become a member and join us and get access to over 50 videos. We'll be back after the following messages.
0: Shows are paranormal, the stuffy body, normal. The topics are abnormal. The Paris family, they're strange, deranged, unrestrained. So, grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we on the day that Ron DeSantis announces he's going to run for U.S. President, this is Ghost Chronicles International, the second half of the first half of tonight's Ghost Chronicles Double Edition. With the other Ron, who's there. not running for president? Not yet. Well, you had your own running with the paparazzi last week. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two hours near catastrophic. Yeah, okay. All over Lowell. <laughs> If you say so. Anyway. You only went I, to Papageno's. Hmm? You'd only gone to Papageno's, haven't you?
1: I know. Yeah, well that's a hot spot for the rich and famous.
0: <laughs> so,
1: anyways, as I was, we were talking about uh, uh lighter like, normals, lighter light anomalies, light anomalies. And one of the things uh, that's one of the particular ones is the Corpse Kindle, which originates from oh, your oh, area. my neck
0: of the woods. Yeah, the canol yeah. i Corf. The, the who? Canol i Corf. The hell's that? It's the Welsh version of it. Oh, yeah. It, it's 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 actually about... It's predominantly West um, mm-hmm. uh You know, right in this area, there are uh, I can think of half a dozen reports. Um, Late 19th century through to the early 20th century, there were some very famous ones. Uh, Panali near Tenby, Um, you know, sightings of these. Little, for those that don't know, the corpse candle is a Welsh, predominantly Welsh tradition, um, predominantly West Welsh tradition. Yeah. Of these. There's something similar
1: in Ireland too. Yeah.
0: yeah. um, uh, Descriptions are like a candle flame um and they they are said to precede the or precede the death of somebody or lead the way along a funeral trackway um there's an american equivalent uh, or similarity uh, the willow the wisp but the corpse candle isn't associated with marshes or marshy ground but rather funeral trackways um because You know, back in the olden times, um, if you died, you know, people didn't live in towns and villages near a church or a graveyard or a a burial site. Um, You know, often they would be transported several miles uh, over hills and mountains and across the countryside to be laid to rest. And a lot of uh, uh, folklore in this part of the world relates to these corpse candles, these These candles that are said to either lead or follow um, or precede the funeral. Um, And there are several, you know, quite close by here to where I live. Stories, I mean, not corpse candles.
1: Right. Uh, I know there's this one famous
0: one. Uh, This was seen by the Reverend, was it?
1: Uh, This was uh, from, oh, my God. Karma
0: Wales. yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. It told of uh, three men who were tossed in the sea from their boat and drowned
0: uh-huh.
1: in uh-huh. nearby, oh my God, Leandello? Sandilo. Okay, whatever. Afterwards, uh, news spread that just a few days before, the passengers of a horse drawn coach traveling ac- across the local rural saw three corpse candles hovering above the water in the exact
0: spot where the three men drowned. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Is that the one? That's one of them. Uh, there's one from... Uh, Camarthonshire is the next county across from, from us. It's, oh, so it's, okay. From here to Llandiolo, you're, you're probably 30 miles. Um, mm. th- there is a much nearer one, and this uh-huh. was um, in, in the town of Panali, which is a coastal... It's, it's a coastal holiday area now, but back in you know back in time, it was you know a small hamlet of uh predominantly fisher, fishermen, or miners. And um the reverend from the church of Penali witnessed a corpse candle and it, it followed the corpse path and into into the graveyard. And um a few days later, one of the parishioners. Passed away, and this this corpse candle had led the way or preceded the funeral route. Oh, um, so that's. I mean, there are there are many many stories. Um, yeah. I know of you know a few of the more well known, but there are. I've got a collection of them upstairs, and you know. Oh, you I've, do. Uh, oh, not corpse candles. Stories <laughs> of corpse candles.
1: Yeah. You don't have like uh, corpse
0: candle in a jar or something. No, no. Sadly, remember not that not. eBay goes in a jar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I've got I've got a bag of ghost farts upstairs. Oh, there you go. Uh, that's that's yeah. They're actually there actually you go. Little little blobs of cotton wool, yeah. but there we are.
1: So, according uh, to this article uh, I was reading, uh, they they actually you can tell the gender of the uh, person who died by the color of the candle.
0: That's not that's not common in the actual folklore itself. Okay. The, the, the lights, the corpse candles, are described as yellow or white. There's very few. I think this this reference to gender and colour is a relatively new.
1: Oh, okay. Um, yeah.
0: I think I think I think it, you know one of the re, there are many many. Yeah, there's there's about up on the shelf upstairs. There's probably about ten or fifteen books on West Wales folklore. Oh wow. Um, but they all say the same thing because they're all based on two books that were written in the late Victorian period by folklorists. Yeah. And then you get all of the copycats, you know, every few years, yeah. a, a local author writes a new paperback for £5.95. Oh, God bless us. And it's the same. It, it's just rehashed the story. But there's always a slight difference, you know, the – um, they, they they put their own little sort of art uh, or, or, bit of artistic license on it, and I suspect that the colour, because colour is certainly isn't the original author of the um, uh, the well known uh, folklore of West Wales is was the Reverend Reverend Jonathan Keradig Davis, and he wrote the book in a, the middle of the nineteenth century. And it's yeah, you know, it it's quite a fat volume. It it deals with all of the folklore Christmas, Easter, uh, death, ghosts, portent portents of death, um, you know, finding a husband, finding a wife. You know, mm-hmm. there are all these sort of country folklore that he recorded. Right. And he only records the corpse candles or the carnal y Corf. As being um, like a candle flame, yellow flickering or white. Mm-hmm. There is and, no there is no reference to gender. Well, that's
1: that's the problem with the internet, you know, because you know the, the article, of course, I was just quoting from, was on the internet. So, you know, somebody will type something in the internet, and and maybe they don't have great sources, or maybe they just take a poetic
0: license or a little bit of liberty, well, yeah, I mean, and then actually, it's
1: repeated over and over again, right?
0: Yeah, and it's happened with the orb. You know, that 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 staple of paranormal investigation, the orb. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the there is a couple of books uh written about, you know, um the ascension through orbs and truth of orbs, I think were the titles. Um and in there they introduced the fact that you can tell the gender of the of the higher being mm. that is the orb by the colour of the orb. Or or by it and, well, yeah, and the faces and them. That's got to be one of the most about myself, Richard Felix, and Kieran, Kieran O'Keefe, mm-hmm. were up in Edinburgh for the Mary King's Ghost Fest. And we we were all in uh, Greyfriars Kirkyard, uh, home of the Mackenzie Poltergeist. If people want to look it up, a truly horrific story. And there were because it was part of the Ghost Fest, there were a number of invited paranormal groups there, uh, each of whom had set up their their wares for the for the of evening it, uh so it was like a kind of like a a mini paracon inside uh the crypts, these open sort of crypts of Greyfriars Kirkyard and the Covenanter's prison. And in one of them there was a little paranormal group from um Somewhere in Scotland, and they had a little uh, camping table and a laptop computer. And on the laptop, they had um, a lot of pictures of orbs. And what they were using—that they, they were being—they were telling people how innovative it was. Um, they had police photo-fit-like software. It wasn't the real McCoy. It was something they cobbled together.
1: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know how the police do these, like, photo fits? Mm. Um, you know where you join a pair of eyes to a nose and a hairstyle and a beard? And oh, yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you say, that looks like him. Well, that's what they were doing with orb faces.
1: <laughs>
0: and that was, their, that was their unique selling point. Interesting. They were doing photo fit orb faces. There you go. Yeah. That was, and, uh,
1: and it must be real because it has police hardware. Well,
0: yeah, they said it was. It, wasn't. it was something they'd obviously put together themselves. But it was, you know, it was innovative. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was another group there who were, um, they had detected ley lines that ran through Murray King, uh, through uh, Greyfriars Kirkyard, mm. and that they were attributing the energy of the ley lines to being the, the energy source for the Mackenzie poltergeist. Now this poltergeist story goes back probably about ten years prior to our visit, and Mackenzie, um, uh, bloody George Mackenzie, was um, one of the government ministers who caused the Covenanters, who were a group of dissenting Scottish uh, religious folk, who 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 um, didn't agree with. The 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 direction the church and state was going, so they were all rounded up, locked up in this churchyard, and basically starved to death. And those that lived were transported. And mm, he himself nice. is, he himself is buried there in this huge elaborate mausoleum. However, um, when the when the kirkyard was open to ghost tours, inside one of these maus empty. Um, funeral mausoleums, mausolea, uh, people started to get attacked and they were scratched and pushed and generally sort of brutalised by this vicious poltergeist, which earned the name the Mackenzie Poltergeist. Um, now, this group, this other group in another tomb, were attributing this to the ley lines that they detected. So um, myself and Richard went, and it, it had rained earlier in the evening, um, and we went out, and the grass was wet. And we were, uh, "Can you show us the ley line?" Because they had these gadgets, you know, they could detect ley lines.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so he said, "Yeah." So we went outside, and he he waved the device around. It did a beep. It did nothing at all. Oh. And he looked, you know, crestfallen. So we got nearer to the ground until he was brushing it through this through the damp grass and it still resolutely didn't do anything at all. And I felt really sorry for him because the crowd had gathered by now. And Oh he, geez. And you know, it wasn't you know either the ley line had fizzled out or his equipment, you know, ah. it was nothing. Nothing. And I said, I think your problem might be because we had some rain earlier in the evening and of course Oh, that
1: was sweet of you.
0: The ground <laughs> And the soil um, is, is quite wet now and quite damp. And, you know, you know that water... Your, yeah. No, no, no. I said to him, you know, water conducts electricity. So maybe it's just spread the ley line out so thinly <laughs> you know, that the energy is just dissipated. And he oh. went, oh, I really love science. <laughs> okay. That was, that was his response. I love it. And uh, then we all stood around for a half hour while Richard Felix told some stories. Of course. Only a half hour? Geez, you get up easy. (laughs) It would have been a lot longer if Kieran and I hadn't started interrupting. (laughs) Anyway. Ah,
1: yeah. So, um, yeah, we have these uh, questions. I'm talking my future wife there. Oh, there you go. Must have been the ley lines. Must have been. Uh, Texas is well known for its uh, corpse candles and things, the place where the station originates from. Uh, are, yeah, they, are they, they actually
0: corpse candles or are they Will-o'-the-wisp or jack-o'-lantern? Uh, you know what? They are, they are remarkably similar.
1: Yeah, they will they, they, willow wisp the jack-o'-lanterns. Uh, there's, there's other names to them, which I
0: can't think of them offhand.
1: But, uh, you know, I, I guess it's
0: what you call them.
1: Uh, if I, th- you... I think the,
0: the major difference I would define between a corpse candle and the jack o' lantern yeah, or the willow the wisp is that um, they do seem to uh, the jack o' lantern willow the wisp, which is always attributed to marsh gas, right. do seem exactly. to be do seem to be more closely associated with that sort of landscape, marshes and swamp. Um, so Texas, the southern US. Um,
1: Texas isn't all swamp,
0: you know. Texas no, I know. Our... Texas isn't all swamp. But I'm saying, you know, areas oh of God. swamp and marshland. But the corpse candles aren't. Mm-hmm. Uh, because where they're reported is rugged, hilly, mountainous. Right. So, you know. I know, like, uh, there are two t- different you know, it might be too different for not a lot of these lights might be, you know, and we've said, I've said this about the orb. Um, you know, people say, Oh, you can't dismiss, you know, your research on the orbs dismisses all these other accounts. No, it doesn't. The research I did relating to orbs only talks about photographic, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the the digital camera. Right. Um, and you know, in, in the, in, 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 um, uh you know, papers and magazine articles I've written about the orbs, I've always made a, a you know a, uh, the point of saying these lights, these little balls of light that drift about and have been reported for hundreds of years long predate the camera, and maybe a completely different phenomena that bears a passing resemblance to. So the jack-o' lantern, the willow, the wisp, may be a completely different phenomena to the corpse candle, but they appear the same.
1: It could be. Now, this is called, I, I'm looking at another, another one, it's called corpse lights. It's a corpse lights are phosphorescent lights seen mm-hmm. floating around at night, which are regarded as harbingers of death. They appear as white, red, blue, uh, and hover over a roof of the doom, but also appear indoors hovering above the chest mm-hmm. of the doom. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a, another one. They also have fetch candles. Yeah. Uh, and Ignis fat, S- S- Vat- S- Vat- Yeah, yeah, whatever. Fatness, Vat- whatever. And <laughs> corpuscence. And- yeah, that, so I mean, these are names.
0: And they're reported, I mean, they, they feature... Uh, Similar, but candles.
1: not necessarily the
0: same. No, I mean, corpse candles feature very prominently in West Wales folklore. However, the same phenomena or very similar appearing phenomena are reported throughout, as you said before, Ireland, the Isle of Man, Scotland, England, um, you know, uh, Western Europe, uh, North America, Canada. Yeah. But most, uh, uh, you know, I mean, there is a most a,
1: of the of course, candle cloud. candles. They always go back to Wales. So I'm guessing that,
0: that that's well, the Celtic web, yeah. it's called the Celtic fringe. So right up and down the British West Coast. So Scotland, um, the west of England, Ireland, the Isle of Man, um, They they are more common, but they are known in other areas as well. Yeah, like, there, there are. Uh, there's a quite few. another area as well, which has a high number of these fetch lights or corpse lights.
1: We in New England, have, you know, I, I raised in the in the sub, suburbs for the most part, and uh, you know, spent lots of times in the woods and stuff. And you know, at nighttime we see we see lights. I mean, yeah. we attribute them we attribute them to many things. You know, uh, fireflies being the number one, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but uh you know it, it's not unusual to see no it's not lights floating around uh now, I mean, some in cemeteries some them... it's the same way, but if somebody sees one in the cemetery they they jump more into the corpse candle
0: uh, belief yeah. uh than, and yeah there you know people have speculated that what these are um now this is speculation, there is no evidence. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, but this talk. is,
0: you know, the the gas given off by the rotting corpses in the ground, the methane. Oh, that's gas. a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I've so heard that, that before. Yeah. That's you know, that's an attribution that's been given to uh, to churchyard lights, to mm-hmm. graveyard lights. Um there have been people speculating that actually these lights don't exist at all outside of, you know, that they may be optical phenomena of the optic nerve and the brain. Because if you do press the eyeballs or you do sit in complete darkness, you will see flashes and shapes and swirls oh, sure. of light. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that phenomena, the it's called the phosphine, is very well known. It's very well known in optical um, you know, optical medicine.
1: And there are others too, like just natural occurrences. Like you, you, you mentioned, how you try to explain that light you saw in the
0: yeah, in the, yeah on the yeah. ground.
1: But there, there are times, you know, when your relative distance is certain things, if there's a moonlight, like there's if the road, for instance, car mm-hmm. lights, it's a it's an obvious one. But you can, sometimes you get a reflection from uh, the moon or a street lamp that will bounce off a. Uh, That's right. Shiny object on the ground,
0: and and even even even, you know moonlight reflecting off wet grass. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you know wet grass surfaces can cause these sort of sparkly light effects. Yeah. Um, So there's um, there's lots uh, of
1: natural occurrence things.
0: There are, and of course, you know, on a dark night when the you know when a cloudless sky, in fact, um, just this past fortnight, I've been dealing with a UFO uh reports. really now ufo reports as you know are not my strong point they're not my area of expertise however yeah. this one this one was passed to me um you know we're all a bit busy can you deal with it and this was up in the north of england and a, a, a guy had written and he, he was one of the uh
1: wait a minute, you went up to North the england no no to no chase listen, UFOs. this,
0: this oh. was all done by email oh okay and the guy was uh, sparing with his words. I don't think he wrote a single complete sentence in any email. You okay, know, each okay. email consisted of perhaps four, four or five words. Mm-hmm. Um, Hi, have seen you? F O. Um, have got some video. That was the first email. Mm-hmm. I said, "So yeah, was you yeah. What did you see? Where did you see it? Mm-hmm. So he sent me this. This. Email And it was a blob of light that didn't do anything. I said, well, how long did you say? Eventually, I, it took about 10 emails to tease out of him where he was, which direction he was facing, and that this know. sighting had lasted for over an hour. And it happened at the same time the following night, which got me thinking um, to pull up a star map. To put him where he was and the direction he was facing, and there was in exactly the right place, uh, the planet Venus. There you go. So, so I copied, much. so I copied this sky map, um, and sent him a screenshot of it, and saying, "You said it was about forty degrees above the horizon, and you were looking west from this location." And lo and behold, there is Venus, and it was visible for about an hour. And the following night, uh, it appeared a bit lower but in more or less the same spot. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And he wrote back um, saying, no, that can't be true. Because when I looked tonight, um, Venus was very much lower in the sky. I say, yes, that's called (laughs) progression. Each night it gets a bit lower in the sky. Because
1: we're spinning
0: uh, (laughs) and rotating. he absolutely wouldn't have it that um, that he was looking at Venus, but he absolutely was looking at Venus, um, and he he was very disappointed with my explanation. But they you know, only want to hear what they want to hear. Well, you know, he saw it for an hour a night on two consecutive nights, and he said occasionally it was invisible. Well, that was because it was there was these low patches of cloud that were coming in off the Irish Sea at that, at that time, and. Periodically blocking it, um, which was in the weather report that I sent him as well. Yeah, and um, then a clipping from a an astronomical um, website that said, "If you look to the west tonight, you will see a very bright Venus low on the low in the western sky just after mm-hmm. sunset." That's exactly the time he saw what he saw.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I actually love the, you like the, here in the uh, news, we, they give us reports like time, you know, when those, remember those satellites that I saw, you know, that, the, that. yeah, that they knew, tell me exactly when and where oh, so yeah. you can go out and check them out. But the, the interesting thing about corpse lights too are any of these light anomalies is that when you see them in real life, they're much more dramatic than if you
0: take a picture of them because there are pictures of them. Oh yeah. But you're actually, If you look at them, uh and you know, yeah. I mean, you, I live in the country and mm-hmm. we live in what's called a dark skies area. But forget yeah, about actually... all that. Forget about that for a minute. You know, we've got some nice scenery. Have you ever tried capturing the, you know, a nice scenery on a, on a photograph? It never comes out as well as you see it with your own eyes, does it? Yeah, even good. with, you know, even with expensive panoramic cameras, it never looks as good as when you see it. I agree with you. And it's the same with the Starlink satellites because, you know, I've seen these trains of Starlink satellites going over, and it is incredible to watch them. And I've tried videoing it, and it's rubbish. I know. I did the same thing too. I was like, so disappointed. It just just comes out as these tiny little pinpricks. And then a few seconds later, there's another one. But when you can see them all because you're, you know, you, you can move your head around and see this sort of long trail of them. Mm-hmm. Which you can't do with the, the camera; just doesn't seem to capture the no. the awesomeness of you know some of these spectacles yeah. that we that we get to see. But so you know, Which the experience,
1: the personal experience, is really a, a yeah, such a. I think it's much more dramatic than any cold evidence that you collect. It's. And it's... I,
0: I I think that's why we should pay more attention to witness accounts. Mm.
1: I agree with you on you that. Know,
0: instead of just going, well, you didn't get a photograph of the ghost, therefore you didn't see anything. I
1: know it. I know it. Anyways, we've got to wrap it up. The show is just about in. I miss our uh, Pizza from the Dead bell. You know that? God. Ding dong. Yeah, Pizza from the Dead's here. Time to wrap we'll it have up. To get yeah. new I really missed I'll, it. We'll have to can't t- we find a new delivery? Um, we'll have to, we'll have to uh, talk to Toji Net about getting a noob to a bell. Anyway. Yeah. So anyways, uh, you've been listening to uh, Ghost Chronicles International uh, with uh, Steve and Ron. Steve Parsons, Ron Colick, right here on TojiNet, And uh, you can listen to the podcast everywhere good podcasts are. We're brought to you by our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. Become a member for at three bucks a month. Help support the show and get access to exclusive videos. Thank you so much for listening and uh, stay tuned for Ghost Chronicles Next Generation.
0: There we go. bless.